Is Sean Boykins Jr. the next local recruit to have a big-time career at the University of Louisville? We're going to talk about why he could be on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. We're going to start out today's show by talking about one of the 2024 commits from the state of Kentucky having a career game. We'll talk about whether or not he is the next in-state prospect to have a big-time career at Louisville. We will then talk a little bit about the basketball side of things, where freshman point guard Tyler Johnson has officially enrolled at Louisville. Now it's just a waiting game to see if he will be eligible for this season. And then to conclude the show, we will dive into a Monday mailbag segment. So uh, a lot of football talk, a lot of basketball talk on today's episode of the show. I'm pretty excited. Um to talk about uh, both sports. Usually we don't talk about both sports on um, one episode. We kind of break it down, talking about one sport, one episode, the other sport, another episode. But I like when there is um, I like when there is multiple pieces of news for both sports at the same time, especially at this point, for face value, good news. Um, <clears throat> but we'll start in the football recruiting world, high school football, underway in the state of Kentucky this past weekend. We saw a bunch of um, teams travel across the state to uh, you know, star in some big-time matchups. One matchup that I was particularly interested in seeing how it went was North Harden against South Warren. Um, obviously, with North Harden, you talk about three-star wide receiver commit. Sean Boykins Jr. committed to the Cardinals uh, back in April ranked just inside of the top 1,000, and he is a top five prospect in the state, depending on which rankings service you look at. According to 24-7 Sports, he's the 938th best player in the country. This is the 24-7 Sports composite, by the way. 117th best wide receiver, fifth best prospect in the state of Kentucky. His team lost on opening weekend to South Warren, 48-38, to uh, this game was played at Campbellsville High School in the Forked Bank Bowl. Um, but ultimately, South Warren, pretty solid competition. But despite the loss, uh, Boykins had a phenomenal game. Set career highs all across the board. Had 14 receptions for 287 yards to go along with four touchdowns. That's absolutely incredible. Um, opposing defenders were... Uh, penalized all night long due to pass interference calls, holding calls, um, caught a two-point conversion. In an article with um, 24-7 Sports Cardinal Authority, Michael McCammon um, essentially 
was able to talk to Boykins, and Boykins said, you have to have a short-term memory, and you have to bounce back for the next game. We can't let it affect us too much. Um, going on in through the article, McCammon said he admitted to getting a little winded in the first half, but it's kind of understandable. His first touchdown came on a short pass across the middle that he converted into an 80-plus yard touchdown. Um, also had a touchdown of over 50 yards to go along with that. Um I think that one thing that McCammon notes here that is pretty, pretty um, evident to the type of receiver that Boykins is, is that versatility. And Boykins said it himself. It shows that I have versatility and that I'm an all-around player. Home run, deep threat, a short threat, all of it. And that's what I hope to showcase. Um, Some of his catches on Friday night were catch-and-run situations. Some of them were throw it deep and... Uh, let Boykins try to make a play on the ball, which more often than not, he did. Um, <clears throat> last thing he says, my relationship with the coaches is great. I was just texting Coach McGee about fall camp. I talk to the coaches often. I'll be at almost all of the home games. That's obviously pretty nice to hear. If you are a member of the Louisville coaching staff, if you are a Louisville fan, knowing that he's going to be um, – around the program a lot, which um, takes away a little bit of the possibility that he ends up flipping in his commitment. But nonetheless, I think that this performance turned heads a little bit because let's be honest, I I hate to say this, but it's true. There is a, um, there is a negative connotation as it relates to high school football in the state of Kentucky. It is, perceived as an area that doesn't have a ton of competition overall. It is an area to where guys that are highly rated in the state most question whether or not they're going to live up to the ranking. Now, let's say this. To be fair, there are a handful of of different situations where players didn't live up to those expectations. And they went to Louisville, and they went to Kentucky, and they went elsewhere, and they didn't live up to the hype, and they didn't necessarily have the career that many viewed they would have had. Now, granted, as much as that has happened in Kentucky, it also happens in other places as well. I can think of four-star guys, highly rated three-star players from outside of the state of Kentucky that also have not um, panned out the way that people thought they would. It's all about scouting. It's all about making sure your recruiting department is doing a good job of scouting these players. And um, I I just think it's important to note the um, perception that Kentucky high school football brings to the table when it comes to overall talent. And I have heard this statement so many times in my lifetime is – basically paraphrasing is I would rather have a three-star player from insert state here. A lot of times that states like Florida, Texas, Ohio, um, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia. I would rather have a three-star player from this state than I would a four-star player from Kentucky. And like I said, I think that that just goes back to the notion that it's not viewed in a high regard in terms of uh, Kentucky high school football talent and competition across the board. So I think that that's something that a lot of people are questioning is, yes, he's a top player in Kentucky, speaking on Sean Boykins, but what does that mean? Just how good is he? And personally, I think that he could be 
the next in-state prospect to have a big-time career with the University of Louisville. Thankfully, the Cardinals have had a ton of success with in-state wide receivers from Reggie Bonifon to James Quick, Devontae Parker, Doug Beaumont. The list goes on, right? There's a ton of players that you can think of just in the past two decades alone that have helped Louisville win at pretty solid levels. Um, I think that Boykins, we saw on Friday night, now you have to wonder about the competition, although the South Warren is usually a pretty solid program. I do think that he is a guy that has that home run deep threat ability. He has that cat or that yards after catch opportunity that being able to get into that second level of the defense, he showed his agility, his speed, but the versatility is where I think that he is going to make a name for himself. 6'1", 190 pounds, um, even before he committed to Louisville, I thought that he was a player that was going to have a very, very solid career at the Power 5 level. Ran a 4-4-5-40, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. I'm not necessarily sure when that was, uh, but that's something to maybe see when that gets updated. I mean, you look at the offer sheet, nothing too um, you know, eye-opening. He has offers from Louisville and Kentucky, West Virginia, Outside of that, those are his only Power 5 offers that have been reported on 24-7 Sports. So he's not a very highly sought-after player, but I do think that he is going to be one of those players from the state that is going to have a solid career at Louisville. So um, ultimately, I thought that this was a good start to his senior year. I do think that ultimately he is going to be a guy that rises up in the rankings now just how high in the rankings that is the question that needs to be answered i think you're looking if he's right now just inside of the top 1000 i mean i think that with the solid senior season you could see him rise up to the top 700 but that is to be determined um obviously we know we heard from multiple people on this show that rankings can sometimes be political depending on which program you commit to what area in the country you play at, so on and so forth. But ultimately, I'm extremely exciting. Um, I'm extremely excited to uh, see what he's able to do this upcoming season. So um, I do now want to switch over into the college basketball landscape where last week we talked about there's still not being any word surrounding Tyler Johnson's situation. Well, he has enrolled with the program, and now we await to hear from the NCAA, and we'll talk about that situation here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, LinkedIn Jobs. Um, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free create your job post on LinkedIn jobs add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it creates uh, an opportunity that you can add the right team member to have a positive and measurable impact on your business it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Okay, heading on into the second segment of the show. We talked a little bit about um, last week, Tyler Johnson. There's still not being a ton of word in terms of what the situation is, where, we, where we're at in that situation. Well, we got news over the weekend, um, thanks to Matt McGavick of uh, the Sports Illustrated Louisville site, that he has enrolled in classes at Louisville and will begin classes this upcoming week. However, I think that the main thing now to focus on is he still hasn't been cleared by the NCAA. That is the main thing to focus on here. Um, there, I don't necessarily know the specifics in terms of eligibility in as it relates to academics. Um, only thing I know is that many believe that there still is a conversation to be had with the NCAA. Uh, Matt mentioned in his article that he has been told that Louisville has filed a waiver to see if he will be eligible for this upcoming season. So the first part of the equation is done. He's on campus. However, now you have to look at the larger worry, and that is whether or not that he will be eligible. Um, I think that at this point in time, it's hard to see this perceived as good or bad news. It's good because he's on campus and he's enrolled in classes, but it's also bad because he's not automatically eligible. So um, I think that that's something to focus on is that some people will perceive this as good news. Some people will perceive this as bad news. I think personally, I'm in wait and see mode. I think I can see why people see this as good. I can also see why people view this as bad and um, you know pessimistic, but it's all going to be determined by the NCAA Having faith in the NCAA to make the right decision, well, that is a conversation for a different day. But for the remainder of this segment, we're going to talk about um, what this decision or the implications that this decision has on this upcoming season. Well, the loss of Trenton Flowers means that you need another ball handler. I know that you have Hersey Miller. That is a guy that we didn't talk about on the last episode of the basketball uh, episode, and I do apologize on that. If there is no Tyler Johnson, Hersey Miller is going to be the backup point guard for Louisville, um, you know, walking on for the Cardinals. Um, but make no mistake about it, this is huge in terms of implications because as of right now, you have one true scholarship point guard on the roster. You know, we talk about this positionless basketball effect multiple players can be point guards. And I, I think coach Lieberman who coached the TBT team said it best, you know, just because you can dribble the ball up the court doesn't mean you're a point guard. It's all about, you know, having your teammates trust you with the ball in your hands to create for them, uh, being able to facilitate the ball to create for themselves and to create for others. And I think at this point in time, Sky Clark is the only true point guard on this team. Now, if you add Tyler Johnson to the mix, you are adding a true freshman, so there is some concern as to whether or not you know he's going to be able to rise to that level and fill that role for this upcoming year. But at least you have the personnel on paper to get it done. Um, you have a point guard on the roster. More than that, going a little bit further, you have a guy that's able to create for others. Sky Clark, I think, has the ability to play point guard, but his assist numbers have to grow. 
He has to do a better job of facilitating for his teammates, which I believe that he will be able to do. But Tyler Johnson would, in my opinion, immediately become the best passer on this team if he were to be eligible for Louisville. I think that you watch his film with Overtime Elite in AAU ball, high school ball up in the Bronx. Um, you know, he did a great job of facilitating the ball. I think that his ability to get to the rack with his speed and quickness is also something that um, Louisville would welcome being able to create for himself off the dribble. There are only a handful of players that I feel like can truly create for themselves off the dribble on this team. So that's something that is going to have to be focused on. But look, ultimately, I mean, I think that it's pretty straightforward as to what this decision means for Louisville. It really, really affects depth. It affects the guard play uh, because even if let's say if Tyler Johnson isn't eligible, that means that you're going to have to probably play some guys out of position to try to make it work. You're hoping that Hersey Miller can continue to prove people wrong and take that next step forward. You're probably seeing guys like Karan Davis, maybe even Trey White in some situations play that secondary ball handler um, possibility uh, because we saw last season what having one point guard did for a team and how it hurt the team's offensive cohesiveness. So that's something I'm looking forward to is seeing what's going to happen for this Louisville team as it relates to the Tyler Johnson decision. It was already going to be tough with Trenton Flowers because I don't view Trenton Flowers as a true point as I do see him as more of a a two-guard potential three hybrid. But um, ultimately, now you have another scholarship that you're trying to fill. Now you're looking at overall depth being a possible issue. So I think that that's something that we have to focus on uh, with this decision. I don't necessarily know the time frame that it's going to take for Johnson to be ruled eligible or not at this point in time with the last day to add collegiate classes for Louisville this upcoming Friday and the Trenton Flowers scholarship not able to be used. I doubt that, number one, a decision for Tyler Johnson comes before that deadline. And number two, even if it was to come, I'm not necessarily sure that there would be a possible option out there that Kenny Payne and company have looked at and been able to keep in the wings for this situation and being be able to get him to enrolling classes Louisville's fighting the clock here so I mean you just kind of have to to deal with it unfortunately all of this is coming on August 21st uh, late August to where you know the semester is about to start I know that there is you know this talk that maybe he's a bit, maybe he's eligible for the spring semester I don't necessarily like that for Louisville I think that it is going to be a situation to where if he is ineligible for the first half of the year that takes away the valuable game reps against some of the lesser competition. You're throwing him out there in ACC play to be able to learn on the fly, and that might not necessarily be uh, productive for this Louisville team, but obviously it would be better than nothing. But at the end of the day, you're crossing your fingers here if you're Louisville, hoping that your four-star freshman point guard is going to be ruled eligible. So we will obviously be very, very close to this uh, situation. We'll stay close to the situation and see what happens for Louisville. Hopefully it is good news. 
But we'll conclude with a Monday mailbag segment. We haven't had one in quite some time. Uh, before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. Okay, heading into the final segment of the show, some solid questions to talk about, some football questions, some basketball questions, volleyball questions as well. We'll start out with the football side of things. Um, First question is, what is the number one position group that you are looking at currently that you are interested in in terms of the competition? So I I guess we're talking about position battles here. Um, For me, I think, honestly... It's like a 1A, 1B situation, wide receiver and linebacker. I think that there's a ton of wide receivers that are in this group that could definitely contend for a starting spot. I think that Jamari Thrash and Kevin Coleman Jr. are probably the two that are penciled in starters, but you have Amari Huggins-Bruce, Jaden Thompson, and Jimmy Callaway, and some other players that are um, right there competing. And then linebacker, uh, you have TJ Quinn, Jalen Alderman, Keith Brown, Stan Quan Clark, um, Jackson Hamilton handful of linebackers that are competing for those starting spots. So that's something to focus on. But I think I'm going to go 1A, 1B here and say wide receiver and linebacker. Second question is, do you think Louisville will be learning from their season opener last year against Syracuse as it relates to not overlooking Georgia Tech? I mean, I don't think you have to look back to Syracuse to understand that you can't overlook Georgia Tech, although I think for the current players on the team that were on that team as well, it also can serve as, you know, a a memory that, hey, look, you know, we didn't come out and play our best in that opening game against Syracuse, and we lost in embarrassing fashion. We have to make sure that we bring a little bit more, um, you know, effort and passion and produce right away in game one under Georgia Tech this year. I feel confident that Jeff Brom is going to have his guys ready mentally and prepared for that game. So, yes, it it should serve as a learning experience, but I don't necessarily think it's too awful necessary. So, uh, moving on along, talking about basketball, what would your expectations be for Hersey Miller if he were to be the backup point guard for Louisville this year? Uh, Hersey is a walk-on, uh, but was on scholarship last year. Um, last season had some solid moments, um, but appeared in 27 games, 7.3 minutes per contest, only averaged 1.8 points per game. I think that ultimately what you could see is maybe – doubling those numbers, um, hopefully with another year of ACC ball. Maybe he finds a little bit easier. It slows down a little bit. Um, He needs to improve improve his three-point shooting overall. Field goal percentage was horrible, 29% from the field, 22% from the three-point line, 68% from the free throw line. Um, I'm not going to say I expect too much from him, but I would expect him to make a little bit of a jump to where he, you know, could be a guy that averages maybe five points a game, um, improves those shooting numbers as well, creates for his teammates. So um, I, I it really is is up in the air. I think that Hersey is a talented player, but at this point in time, we'll see who is going to be the backup point guard. So final question of the mailbag is a volleyball question. Could this be the year that Louisville cuts down the nets? 
I mean, yeah, I think every season under Danny Busbum Kelly is proving to be a season to where they are contending for a national championship. Um, obviously, Texas is right there, right? Um, they are the preseason number one team. Louisville's number four, Wisconsin's number two, Stanford number three. You have teams like Nebraska, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Penn State, Oregon, Kentucky that fill out the top ten. Um, you have leadership, Anna DeBeer, um, Elena Scott, multiple players on this team. Obviously, you replace Claire Chausse, Amaya Tillman, uh, Raquel Lotharo, um, multiple leaders on this team, but you return a lot of your leaders as well. You've got some transfers in that I think are going to play a big role for this team too. So, yeah, I mean, this could be the year. It's going to be a matter of just getting back to the Final Four and putting your best foot forward. I mean, they ran into a Texas team that, man, it was tough to take them down. Back-to-back uh, -back Final Fours, Danny Buswim Kelly said, look, it is very, very tough to make it to a Final Four. So you just have to take it a game at a time. Let's not look too far into the future. Just take it one game at a time. And the Cardinals open up their season this upcoming weekend. So that is going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day to find the um, podcast on all streaming services. Be sure to stay tuned to this graphic.